I really do not believe in collectives anymore. It just seems like a lot of work and a loss of money in a, in, in a community that you don't even necessarily get a say in who's in it, you know? The people who benefit from being a collective are people who operate with privilege. They're people who look like me, you know? They're like white people, you know? Yeah. Any other person, when they identify as a collective, that's like seen as violent. That's like seen as like ag aggravated or something. He just said, go where you're wanted, go where you're loved, you know? And, right. Yeah, and that, that resonated so much. They're like actually helping people. It's not like, they're not just like sitting around reading books all the time, which I feel like. <laughs> and lecturing people about what they read. So frustratingly is like what you're like, exposed to in grad school for so long it's just like people throwing books at you the art scene is so enamored with their own education and i it makes sense because they're indebted for it right so you want to make it a bigger deal than it is i was like extremely emotional about art and like really believed in art like i would cry and critique because i thought some my like people's work was so beautiful and impactful mm -hmm. i feel like i, I like lost that Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Nick, Mika Casenada. You're one of the the people that jumped, took the bridge from uh, CSUN, uh, which is uh, Northridge, right? To, right, yeah, yeah. To what you, what's it called? Um, to US, uh, UC San Diego. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, with a lot of help from Victor, of course. Very encouraging. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're roommates. Oh. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Who's, who's your dad's daughter? Because I follow that person, but I don't. Oh, that... oh, that's our other roommate. That's our. That's my best friend, Jocelyn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we all hang out. We cool, go cool. Back. You end up in in a lot of those posts. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically my fan page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it's interesting. I I I didn't know if it was like a a concept account or anything, but <laughs> no, 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 no. It just seems like you guys are homies. <laughs> um well cool like uh so what did you, what what is like your main area of uh of art making right because i had yeah. victor your, your roommate victor was on yeah. and they are they they do a lot of like vr stuff really interesting like mm -hmm. you know quirky like uh yeah almost what it would used to be called av mm -hmm. <laughs> audio visual department yeah. uh is that still a thing or or in in high schools uh, so it's funny I feel like well Victor's a weirdo and <laughs> I think I think if he had it his way he'd still call it AV maybe yeah yeah yeah. but he like but now it's all techie and all yeah, the tech has got yeah. their hands on it and it's not it's not like no. nerds in in one room in a high school oh right yeah <laughs> they run the world now yeah. <laughs> now I'm so trying to be Valley. like them with my setup <laughs> I literally have, have a light we have yeah, to get yeah. <laughs> the world man, capitalism is online for sure. Um, so then what were you studying over there? I well, I just I did weird things. Um, I feel like I used to be like a bad boy sculptor, I think, you know, like loved Mike <laughs> Kelly. I still love Mike Kelly. I'm not okay, not diminishing. Um, but then I, I don't know. It's so funny. I feel like grad school really traumatized me, made me like dislike art. Um, I quit art I for eight months after my first year. I was like, I'm done. I'm just gonna right. like do it. And then, you know, I was like sad and like was like, how do I selfishly make myself happy? And so I started hosting a cabaret like in the studios and okay. invited people from other departments to like 
come like read poem. It was just like a multi-use space where people like showed videos, did performance, poetry readings, plays. I did like a monologue of like Eisenhower's like doomsday speech or some shit and like made the whole audience like like yell faggot at me, which was really fun. And that kind of set in motion a practice I didn't think I would have, which Hold is on, now real quick. Was there anyone in the audience that seemed to enjoy calling you that word a little too much? Um, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No. Um... Sorry, I derailed you, but I just no, had to ask. Good. No, no, honestly, everybody was like, like, if anything, like a little more reserved than I anticipated. It made me like, it was like the first one was a little awkward. And I was like, you can, I'm asking, I'm demanding. <laughs> Uh, I'm picturing like just like a <laughs> like a little yeah. murmur. <laughs> like I'll save the option to like yell a slur adjacent to you at me. So like people could say what's a what they feel comfortable that they've like received. It was like a stupid Okay, like, no, no, that's fine. Slip on a banana peel together before we get the cabaret started, kind of like Oh, it was like a loosening event uh, uh, exercise. Yeah, cool. Spark the chaos. <laughs> and like feel safe to be vulnerable but yeah I did that and then that kind of spiraled into like me I was like making sculptural installation and stuff some archival work and then that just turned into like I wanted to do more facilitation work more collaborative work and between that project and my thesis it was it was just that where I was just doing also tangentially i love the word just and i'm very pro just um <laughs> like, feels good it's to a say. it's a simplifier in terms of adjectives right it's like there's nothing else <laughs> and so yeah between that and my thesis it was like co-working space i made a sculptural installation and invited collaborators to come work in the space and do their own sort of performance work and that's where I'm at now. I don't have access to big spaces to do those things. So I'm kind of just floating, but yeah. That happens after school. You have all these facilities and then you're like, what? Yeah. Man. I'm trying to teach myself to like realize that I have the capacity to create from abundance still. Like yeah, yeah. I have a lot, but I'm also still just like reeling from like whatever grad school was and being like, I don't really want to make art right now. Yeah. I mean, that's not an un normal thing i it, i think it might also just first of all it's probably related to the amount of time that you spent on making art for like two years it's that's just gonna burn you out i think Definitely. even even like most of the artists that i know like some people have a good routine where they're just painting all the time but yeah. there's a lot of people that are cyclical in their practice you know right. Especially if if part of it is like throwing parties, essentially, like yeah. that can get, you know, it's a very social practice. So I can totally understand. I mean, I can't, I, I love, look, I, I just interviewed uh, this guy, Mario. I don't know if you know him, Mario uh, Vasquez, who does Mario's art world. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, he's a legend. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, something's wrong with you if you don't know him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that, that is really impressive what he does because he does not get burnt out. And like, that's one person I know that doesn't get burnt out by going to like, like the social aspect of art. Right. Yeah. Which like is I like, have the, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just like, that's something really complicated recently too. Cause 
not to make this about me not drinking anymore, but like I started a lot of this work in like violent using alcoholism. Uh-huh. I'm like relearning how to like socialize again. And it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. and I and I love what I do and I'm so grateful, but it's like harder now. Like now I feel myself not knowing how to talk to people and like socializing being like the first step in a social practice is like yeah 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 yeah. no Uh, no but (laughs) i mean that's like i mean that's a really healthy thing to take on so i you i definitely have noticed that you look slimmer and it's like it's like man dude I need to start fucking not drinking. So like I I've I've noticed like I've seen you in mesh shirts and I'm like holy shit. <laughs> Mika I mean, didn't look like that when I met you. <laughs> it's crazy. It changes your body like also sometimes kind of bad though cuz now I realize more when my body hurts which like yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah. but it's also I guess that's like good. I don't know. I mean yeah, not to make it about our our vices but I have been detoxing off of marijuana cuz like I I just something bad happened this year. We don't have to get into it, but like I've just been, you know, it accelerated my need for like not uh, wanting to be necessarily present, present, or more than anything, just like having no reason not to, you know. Right. And then now I'm like dreaming again, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, that is crazy. When you start dreaming again, I had a dream like where I was holding a baby in a room where everybody was yelling at me (laughs) and I'm like, Oh shit. There's like this whole subtext going on every night. And I'm like completely missing it. You know, that's insane. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I mean, we don't have to analyze that dream. I think it's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. It's like almost too on the nose. (laughs) About it. I was like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have kids. So that that is also a weird element of me. Like, I don't have much experience holding babies. Yeah. So um, so cool. Well, where did you grow up? Where where are you from originally? I grew up in Santa Clarita and then um yeah, then commuted to the valley every day where I met all the grades. Oh really? So, so Santa Clarita is like how far from, from like, wait, so you were in, uh, you were in Northridge. So how far is that from Northridge? In my mind, it's like 10 minutes, but I think like actually driving, it's probably like 30 because it's like freeways and the road is like the only places that connect it, like Santa Clarita to the Valley. I was like in New Hall, which was like right on the edge. And then it's like the five freeway. Okay. to the valley and then or the old road which is what i took because it was is that like i i do the only thing i know about santa clarita that's not like a san bernardino kind of place that's closer to that's more santa barbara adjacent in like in in style or is it because i i only know that show that with drew barrymore santa clarita diet yeah and so i'm like oh it's just nice suburbs but i don't know like what what is it no totally it's like it's i think that show is like the if that's like she's like bougie in that show it's like a cop yeah. town like cops and like retirees i feel like cal arts is there and six flags is there it's like cal arts is in santa clarita yeah yeah yeah. i like oh i thought it was like van nuys or some shit no never mind no uh valencia is what i thought it was is that that's part of santa clarita okay okay that's like on the complete opposite side of where i was so then that like the, I also heard that there's like retired porn stars up there. Oh yeah, totally. Oh my god. I 
talk about this all the time. <laughs> Go ahead. A Valley group study at UCSD. And we have a friend, Hazel, who's really rad. And she's obsessed with like old, like trans porn, especially like in the Valley, because the Valley was the hub. And now she's like chasing, not chasing. She's like trying to find this like really amazing, famous, like trans porn star that she like found in this like archive. But yeah, a lot of porn retirees, which is like a trip. Because they also yeah, think yeah. the same as, like, the cops' wives. Like, they, like, all get... They all have the same surgeons, probably. It's lit. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, women... Very, very much... Uh, um, Like... uh, Breast implants far into their careers. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Also, I, I... When I was still at CSUN, I worked at this like strip club sex shop thing called exposed there's signs all over la for it but the dude was a porn star and he's like he's he's a total piece of shit you can everyone can go on vice and like look up worst rated strip club there's a <laughs> video about it when i was working there brad he's like obsessed with santa clarita for some reason he's like so he's so he has like a in his office he has like a crazy like trumper shrine with like trump legos and whatever like just memorabilia i didn't even know existed for this thing but he's like obsessed with santa clarita for this reason and i think a lot of his like he was a former porn star too that's why he like owns a strip club and like sex shop but he's like all his friends are there and he's like obsessed with it but like for some reason doesn't live there anyway oh really so and so then so then like were you aware of all of this stuff as a kid like you know like little kid you see just like why is it or did you just take it in and like assume that notice it when you left you know <laughs> okay i i always say this I, and i think but not to trauma down i always say that i was like reborn in the valley because i really don't remember much of growing up in santa clarita besides like the like tail end of when i was like making the transition from high school to college like okay and so it's like really weird like i don't think i noticed it until i left no, I didn't even leave. I was still living there, just commuting. But, like, yeah, until yeah. going to school and, like, learning about, like, being a person. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And then Castaneda, where, where, where's that? Are you, like, what, what global south area of the world are you from? Um, my, my family's from, uh, well, my dad's family's from Mexico. Uh, I grew up two streets away from them. They're from Zacatecas and okay. Um, But I have family all over. Mexico now and my my mother's Irish which um greatly make makes me powerful alcoholic <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, um do you and... do you go down do you go down to Mexico because I, I I had um Abdiel Lopez on a while back uh he's it, it, or they are a um uh like a curator I haven't I lost touch with them but um I'm gonna wait for this plane. <laughs> Can you hear it or no? I don't. I don't. Hear okay, it. never mind. Then I won't wait. Wait for the plane. Uh, it's just like so loud in the room. Um, yeah. So, but uh, it like I feel like from watching Abdiel's stuff, like uh, you uh, Instagram. There's like a. Uh, do you go to Mexico? There's is what is the scene? Is it like it? They were like they would post a lot about Perrando. Is that like is is your experience that it's like a a queer friendly community? Because I don't I I don't really know how that plays out. 
I I don't honestly I like disappointingly don't go as much as I wish I did especially like my proximity to Tijuana mm -hmm. um also just like broke but I'm really hoping I can go down to Mexico City or like Guadalajara soon um I've seen I, some wild I, parties and like and trans performers and drag queens so it, totally. it my it kind of defies my, like I think what people's expectations of like homophobia you know down oh, there is I think also like just like total like ignorance and racism thinking that like the people who are who live there like aren't like like it like intelligible or like living a life or something like it's total, yeah because yeah, yeah. I have I know so many queer people from Mexico period and so many friends but uh recently my friend who I who did a project for my thesis Alejandrina Medina who's like an amazing she's like 24 getting a phd like she's so smart and cool but she was just on like a research trip down to mexico city and she just like hung out at like dyke bars and trans bars and there's and you know what's crazy too is like all of them are like doing real work too like they're all like real like activists like they're like actually helping people it's not like they're not just like sitting around reading books all the time which i feel like <laughs> and lecturing people about what they read so frustratingly is like what you're like exposed to in grad school for so long it's just like people throwing books at you and pretending yeah, like yeah. um so it seems rad like it seems like really honestly like uh I don't know yeah it seems great I want to go this is actually yeah, yeah. Like, my friend did a residency at Tayaref in Guadalajara and she brought back this tacos gay hat and this like gay man <laughs> Eric Eric 2022 <laughs> really rad like gay taco shop in Guadalajara I guess so that's awesome I like that it's kind of like a campaign slogan too because it has the date on it <laughs> Eric 22 yeah that's that I mean th that's always interesting to me because like yeah I, I think that like um it gets frustrating hanging out with like the, the art scene is so very much enamored with their own education. Uh, and like, and I, it makes sense because they're like, they're indebted for it. Right. So you want to make it a bigger deal than it is. Right. But I think that like, yeah, man, I like, there is something to that, to what you said about like, sort of just, just being dismissive of like other cultures and like, you know, I interviewed, um, What's it called? Um, uh, a, 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 a long time uh, a, a friend like uh, Juan Pablo Hurtado, and and like he lives in or in um, I forgot it's in Jalisco, but it, but what's it called anyway? The the like it's just normal life. I think the main thing that people probably get into contact with more than anything, or like the thing the the dangers. Are, are probably more related to cartel stuff from what I understood. I don't want to like, but that's our shit, you know, that's American shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, like, so it's interesting, but uh, cool, man. I'm sorry. We've been going on for a while. Did you have a specific thing that you wanted to talk about or did you have a specific topic? Well, I, I'm, I'm very much also a cliche Libra. And so I've been like, like so indecisive about a topic. I went like, well, you can tell me all 20. <laughs> I landed on one that I think is would be fun and I think kind of pertains to like place but I went down the list I was like okay like didactic like memory like archiving collaboration like all these things right and then I was like this morning I was like okay let me just like put all of this up into like chat GPT <laughs> uh, I 
like an academic like like saying of like what a topic could be and then it gave me like a shit ton but like oh wow that I like that was bars and beyond the role of gathering spaces and building communities and cool. I felt like that as a topic kind of sums up like where my mind is at post grad school like reeling from all of that and like wanting to like keep the ball rolling in like also I wanted to selfishly take advantage of the fact that I'm like actively right now engaging in an artist run initiative which is your podcast <laughs> extract as much as I could from that <laughs> in in what sense what can how can I how can I make this a fruitful experience for you just bringing people to your bringing attention to your to to what your practice or well, my favorite question to ask people who are like start like artist run initiatives is like how are you thinking of this thing oh about Which, the podcast yeah yeah oh at this point I mean I've been doing this on and off for five years you know like I took I took a I, it was really hard during COVID. Uh, I didn't want to do Zoom. Then I started to do Zoom. Then I just realized I wasn't prepared because like COVID was like a trauma experience for everybody, I think. You know, I definitely felt like I was not, I was furious and I was not in a place to like speak publicly. <laughs> and, uh, but at this point, I think of it as a business. Like, you know, I, it's just to keep it going, I have to. I also have been have participated, as you know, in other initiative, other like uh, artist run initiatives. I really do not believe in collectives anymore. Mm -hmm. I really feel like artist run collectives are great for for people. That's that's fine and stuff. But I just it just seems like a lot of work and a loss of money in mm -hmm. a, in in a community that you don't even necessarily get a say in who's in it. You know. Right. So, so, so I think it's, I, I, I definitely like, I, uh, I joined a community and then all the people that I liked had left already. Right. And then, and then I felt like I had been left paying the bills right. to keep the thing alive, you know? Right. And then I was like, and then I wasn't, I didn't even get a say in things. So it can be it, like, I think that like when you talk to a lot of people that are in that kind of thing, it's uh it's difficult to like those collaborations sustaining them can be pretty rough right but, uh but i mean that's not to say like i like i do think of the pro i, I do think of the show as a community right like i'm I interacting with people regularly <laughs> and for me this is much more more pleasant you know i have like one-on-one -on -one relationships with people people come in people go some people i i have longer like you know some people become my friends some right. people are just acquaintances that i see at shows you know so it's, it really, like, I, I first started thinking about this as a way to just meet people, you know? Right. And then it just became the thing that I liked the most out of all the stuff, you know? I think so. that's been, like, so interesting about, like, seeing it happen is this sort of, like, managing the intentionality, right? Like. This show, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the oh, way. Oh, thank you, you. It's, like, I think really careful sounds like, like, you're trying to, like, avoid like discomfort but it's like careful in in that it's considered you know and like the goal feels like I, I think I liked that topic that like chat GPT generated because it says like gathering space and I was like oh this is this is literally a gathering space like we despite yeah. it being thank you for accommodating the zoom but um yeah we're in a gathering space which I thought I don't know it was just interesting to me and like made me feel like less stressed about speaking and i don't know like we're oh really 
It's nice, yeah. one of the things that's weird to me, you know, like I, I, the more I do this, the more there's a disconnect between me and the guests in terms of what their expectations are and what mine are. Right. For me, I'm just going to sit down with somebody and have a conversation that I would not otherwise get to have in any other human context, right, which right. is like, and so that's why it's really specific for me to like wanting to have like people pick the topic because we could talk about you growing up and all of that. And like, if, if it, if, but, but it's just, I'm just more, I think artists tend to have like a, a sense of research, you know? Right. And, and I think like, you know, I have like, I have profound affections and connections to people that I don't talk to, but right. I like, you know, I'll see, I'll see like, for example, uh, Renee Forrest blew my mind with one conversation we don't really interact other than like, she'll post something that reminds me of the conversation that we had. And I'm like, and I, and I, and I reference it, you know, like we talked about like how the world might be a simulation. So anytime, <laughs> and she had a really convincing argument for it, but like those, those, those things, like it is it, like, I guess I, you know, not, and now I feel cheesy, but since you're, you're talking about it, I feel like ultimately I'm gathering, you know, like these experiences. Right. So uh then so then when I'm talking to guests and they're like really smart and they're nervous, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but I mean, it makes sense. Like I do this weekly. So I'm, I'm like desensitized to the process, you right, know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. What, well, what have you learned from your experience with, um, with, with the, like the gathering spaces drinking aside, you know, cause I, it, it can be nerve wracking, but it can't, it's, I think when you're standing in a gallery, at some point you just got to get comfortable standing, and mm -hmm. if you're comfortable standing, you're not awkward, so you're welcoming. You know? Right. I and it's easier to do that with alcohol. Go ahead. No, I just I was gonna say I think the biggest thing I've learned, and this came from working with my friend Alejandrina. Like, part of my work is still going to like bars and queer spaces, and I just, and it's interesting seeing them in a new light, of course. But I just that aside, I remember a conversation I was having with her. And we were just like sitting at the edge of the bar, like looking over this. It's one of our favorite bars, just like looking at all the people in the space. I'm making it sound like it's huge. It's a tiny bar. But and then she just like looked at me and she's like, at the end of the day, like all of these people are working fucking people in whatever they do. A lot of them in this bar are like activists and like have like projects um, that like help the community. And she was just like, at the end of the day, like everybody's looking for a place to sit and like rest their fucking feet. Like we're we're yeah. tired. Like the world is hard and people like are getting hurt every day, especially like in our community, like it's hard to be alive, you know? And I think that really helped. And this was like before I even started like fabricating the work and like, and it, it, it doesn't even necessarily mean like chairs or anything, you know, like putting us, I don't know, but also sometimes the, that gesture is like simple enough, like putting a place to sit or like having a place to sit, a place to go um, is really special. And I think, for me, I learned a lot. I mean, it's still a process, like the communication is key. And that sounds like so cliche, but I think it's like, that's like the fact. And I think that's what's also special about this is it like centers conversation, right? Like, it's like, it's dialogue, which is like, I just like read this really fun book, not to be, not to be like a, a book reader. <laughs> uh, sorry, get out. <laughs> but, um, it was like a book uh on social practice and the first like few paragraphs are just about socializing and I really believe in the power of socializing and I think that had a lot to do with my like substance abuse was like 
that helped facilitate a lot of socializing for me and like got a lot of thoughts rolling honestly and now the practice is about like making up where like the gaps are from my memory or something but yeah and I think I think that is what was special like down to like like both like the formal conceptual like all these elements in a practice and like also just in my life and like my values there's something about like seeing people be able to just like go and like kick their shoes off or something while they're looking at art that is like so like so fucking magical and special to me and like that feels revolutionary and I remember like after the second performance in my thesis we like played talking heads they like ends with the talking head song and then it just like the like phone however whatever DIY way we had that song playing just started playing like a playlist Mm -hmm. and like for some reason it was like all the songs that you would want to hear like in this like pseudo bar space that is like now a mess after this performance with like dirt and champagne everywhere and all my friends were just like laying in the dirt playing in the dirt or like sitting on these like sculptures that I made and like eating salt vinegar chips or like still sitting in the audience but like with their friends chatting or like just like making jokes and like kind of making like I don't know just like so vulnerable and like so slippery and like glooping and glopping around and like I don't know I feel like this is a weird tangent now but I think no no go tangents are what we need (laughs) it is like what I've learned also is that I I have that ability to make that space which I think is really special and that's that's me finally like not being an insecure 23 year old school like I want to own my power and like the way that I've been able to make a cabaret also like not disregarding its flaws like all these spaces come with their flaws and I think that's important but if I like get caught up thinking about those flaws that's gonna like ultimately like completely halt the urgency I feel to like hang up these like warm bar lamps that Mm -hmm. people feel comfortable sitting with and like being quiet with like I remember installing I was like on like a 20 foot ladder like hanging a lamp and one of the one of my friends, Junie Min, who was going to perform as a part of the work with Alejandrina, she like was having a rough week and just like came and sat in the installation while I was working because it was like dark and I was hanging lights. And she just like came, put her notebook down, opened up her computer and like just like sat and we like worked quietly next to each other. And I think like not only is it the space, but I think it's like, again, to give myself a bit of credit now that I'm like not under the authority of like graduate school and I don't have a reason to be insecure or sad Uh, (laughs) like like the work is me in that sense because like those are the things I care about and like really value and like I think that's the biggest and trusting myself to like do this like like being so open to being like I guess like ignorant and fail or something you know like it will never be flawless and the more you try to make it flawless I think the more you avoid harder conversations around the work. Like I know where I fucked up in the yeah, recent, yeah. like I know hard where, you know, I could have done a lot of things better. Like, and a lot what, of what has to do with like helping conversation. Yeah. So then what, what, what like, do you, do you mind sharing the example of what specifically it, you like what you could do better next time? Like, what did you, what were you not happy with? Cause the, 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 I mean, I'll interject real quick with a story that I thought of uh just to to give you what i'm thinking of where you've put my head um so i used to have this thing called the tv be gone back 
like in the early, well, it must have been uh, early 2000s because I wasn't living here yet. So it's basically, it was basically a remote control that would cycle all the TV codes of television of the current televisions and you could always update it right with with the new models that were coming out and it would just cycle through them and turn tvs off so i went to this bar called the bar conveniently enough in uh in in coral gables and it was one of those bars that had all the tvs on all the basketball was going and i just started having fun turning it off and i like you know my friends knew but like just quietly you know like and they would turn them back on and I just kept turning them off until they gave up and the vibe in the room changed entirely. Right. No one was half distracted because there wasn't anything moving. So like those little subtleties, I think, is that what we're talking about? Like the, the things that affect the dynamics? I think so, because that's also like something that I feel really attracted to is like the things that we don't necessarily see as altering the experience tend mm-hmm. to be the things that like form the experience, you know, the things that might be shoved to the side a little bit, you know, like the dust collecting on the TVs that you turned off feels like extremely valuable, right? Like if you dust the entire bar, then you're going to go in and you're going to notice, like it's going to feel different (laughs) or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But I think also like, again, like so clichely, like I, I think that maybe I got, I think I maybe not intentionally got caught up in like, And I think this is a problem, right? Like when we create projects and try to like get rid of our authorship, like that comes from like a weird, like wanting to absolve ourselves of like privilege or something, which is like- Which art in itself is a privilege essentially. And I think that like maybe in the facilitator role that I, I maybe started to like subconsciously like like maybe I was like too much like oh this is your project which like no it's like it's we're doing this together you know like I'm I'm physically fabricating a space and I think I could have been more honest in communication and like how I was feeling through the process and like also just like ask questions more Mm -hmm. you know um which I, I like learned what questions I need to ask you know and I think also like just blatantly asking for help like my body afterwards like I was I was bad like I did I did everything that my mentors from undergrad told me not to do which was like hurt myself like I fucking like now like my hand still hurts from like lifting those fucking stages up by myself Mm. like I don't need to be lifting 100 pound stages on my own like that's yeah yeah yeah. and then I mean that affects your performance within the context of the space right if you're hurt if you're yeah I've done that I've I've I've, Sorry, go ahead. If I'm ignoring myself, I'm not showing up right. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. I've done I've done episodes where I just was not uh where I thought I had it and I just was too <laughs> tired. <laughs> and those don't come out. <laughs> but uh I mean they don't happen that much anymore, but they did in the early days where I was like, you learn. The other thing that's pretty cool about those spaces, about the the kind of space, like I went to a, a show with uh, that um I'm interviewing Liz Walsh this week and she put, she curated a show in uh, at discount mirrors. I forget what it's called. It's, it has a cool name. I forget the name of the show. She'll tell me when I have her on the show, but, um, but it had like so many people that I know that kind of knew each other before I met them. Right. But there's, there's a couple things that happen when you sh- like show up to that space 
versus like like I've decided like close to me. So I've just decided that when I go out for drinks on Saturday, you know, if they have an opening, I'd rather go there, you know, not that they have drinks. I mean, it's like beer officially. Right. Right. Um, But uh, but because, yeah, but what's it called? Yeah. Like those. Like one of the things that Mario once said, uh, Mario Vasquez said in his interview that like really resonated because he's such a like there's just a, a vibe that radiates from him, right? You know what I mean? Like, like you see him, he's just he puts you at ease, and uh, and and he was he was just said, go where you're wanted, go where you're loved, you know, and right. yeah, and that that resonated so much because I I mean I literally spent a bunch of time in the last two years not only being in a place that didn't really want me from the beginning, they they uh they what's it called like. The show is blown up after I stopped interviewing those people, <laughs> you know. So like, like it's doing much better, and I really think that that is like, man. If I, like I, I already told Mario, but I wanted to publicly said that that is like a really profound thing. Like, totally. why would you, why would you waste time trying to be accepted? So if you get to curate that space, I mean, people that are coming to that space are coming there to support you, right? right. And that's why it's so fun that it makes it fun for them. They, they get something out of that. Cause as the guest at, at Liz Walsh's show, I felt good being there to hype up my friends, you know, and it was crowded as F. Yeah. I, I feel like, well, no, I don't even feel like I know that the, the thing I told myself to get me through this last year of grad school was like, like I have, a lot of love to give and I'm not going to let the institution take advantage of that anymore. And I'm going to yeah. do what I want to do, which is create a project and like leave here with a practice, a foray into a practice that is like completely dedicated to like the loving and sharing of love of very specific people and very specific community. And yeah, I'm going to yeah. like abandon these like, like academic texts that are going to make me like be taken seriously and I'm like not going to look back and I think that like that hearing Mario say that like like that's the goal is like yeah. that's the space like like that's why we feel like we can take our shoes off right like mm-hmm. we don't feel like we need to like run or something I don't know like and I feel like universities have become these like different institutions than they were i mean they've always been overtly liberal in a way that reflects margaret thatcher and and ronald reagan a little bit more than it does than we would like to acknowledge but uh, i mean nixon was a liberal right um it it, like liberals used to be right wing (laughs) or like margaret thatcher (laughs) you know so it is it is uh but as it's become more and more commercialized it's just a hostile space you know like like uh like the politics that were happening, at least in the 60s, were anti-war. Right now, it's it, 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 there's almost this Puritan push that's happening in these institutions, which is like crazy. I, that's not my idea. Leslie Muse uh, put me onto that or Leslie Foster put me onto that. But I or verbalized it that way. I mean, I was aware of it, but it is really crazy. Like, like it's like um, you always think that the generation that follows is going to be rebellious in the same way that you are. But it's like, almost conformist, right? Like in in a very, very almost uncomfortable way. That's yeah. why I I just I'm much happier avoiding it. It's not like being on YouTube is any any less restrictive and and more you know or, or more dangerous. But 
confusing when you go like into an art program and you're expecting to be there with all these people who like like quote like like abolitionists and then are like like so violently cogs and yeah, like yeah. to like absolve myself from any of that like i'm participating in it right i'm in i'm actively like applying to things in the capital a art world like i know but then it's it's confusing i guess what's confusing to me is like i think something that was was seen as valuable and also like i'm still so young and i think that's important to preface like i'm like i think i'm 26 i'm either 26 or 27 <laughs> that's still pretty young yeah man and i i went from undergrad straight to grad school and i was so naive which i think is like fine i think that like helped me ultimately in the end that naivety because it made me realize what I really cared about and like what my values actually were at the end because like I like what I thought and what my like intentional community thought in undergrad like was a valuable asset of mine was like I was like extremely emotional about art and like really believed in art like I would I would cry and critique because I thought some my like people's work was so beautiful and impactful mm. And I would just like, I could talk for hours about people's work. And then you get to, you go to this like leveled up space or something. And it's like, you, you get hurt if you yeah, do, yeah. you get hurt if you like care hard about like somebody's work or something. Like it's weird, at least in terms of like, in like the hierarchy, right? Like, I don't know, it was weird. And, and I feel like, this is also a weird tangent, but I feel like I, I like lost that. Like I found myself at the end, like not like I couldn't cry when I saw my like friends, like beautiful thesis shows. And mm. I was like, why the fuck am I not crying anymore about like art? Like that's a problem. Like that's a huge yeah. to me. And I think like I like so like what happened to us like wanting to like make really beautiful work and like emotional work and like beautifully conceptual work that's about like really beautiful intense things that like like I have friends like making the craziest work that's just like I don't know I don't know I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about <laughs> no, no that's fine uh I mean I'm listening and it, it makes sense I I I'm I would say that like it is also really hard to have somebody regiment uh, uh, creativity for you, you know, like it, it it's, it's just, uh, it, I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's a bad thing to go to grad school or to go to, I just, first of all, I just, I'm not getting into a UC program. <laughs> so like the, that shit is expensive outside of that, you know, like going to private schools, I got into Cal arts and that was when I saw that they wanted me to get $300,000 in debt. I was like, Oh, uh, this makes absolutely no sense for me. I'm, I know that other people have like different I don't want to, I like, you know, people, everybody makes their own decisions on, on how, how they're going to uh, go through in the world. And I, who am I to tell them there's an incredible amount of pressure to go to grad school, you know? Uh, and I had to basically do this. Like, that's one of the reasons that I did this. I wanted to just steal from people's education. Essentially I, that's sure. the topic pro problem, you know? And if I talk to people that have the education, I can still, at you know, if I can hang with them, does it matter that I have an MFA or not? You know, it is very much like I do have a chip on my shoulder about school. My BFA program was was brutal, like un, un, unnecessary, needlessly, you know. What's crazy, too, is they act like when you're there, they you owe them something like yeah, yeah. I owe them my hurting body at the end. Yeah, like yeah. And the idea of having to like get to the end of your thesis and have a defense 
is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done so much work here for you. And like on it's it's just wild. And it's also like like I can confidently say that in any class within my department, the visual art department, I there's not a single thing that I learned from anyone other than my friends and my cohort. Yeah, yeah. The structure the classes like none of it none of it was like useful yeah you know which that's gonna sound so toxic and crazy i think no i i i don't i relate to that i that that resonates with me and i mean that's why i just didn't want to do it again a hundred percent i like i had a miserable experience but like what people forget look one of the things is really fucked up is first of all we're in a con we're we're in a in a you're you're in a space where everybody's an adult, but there's clearly a power structure and people are able to fuck each other. You oh, know? The the power structure, they like fiend off of it. Like Yeah, yeah. Well, they they need like to some degree, if you're not conforming to being a this guy artist or this woman artist or this person artist, you know, like you kind of have to become uh like there's a there's a loss of individuality when you have to become someone's like uh fan, you know? Like you you have to like you have to click with someone and like their work and what if you don't, you know? Or what if you you know? And then the other thing that I think happens is like at some point you're still 27, so you're probably around the age where you're like and part of I think this might be part of why you're having a hard time crying is that the context has probably changed for you because you understand the art world a lot more clearly, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, you know, who who's going to buy your stuff? Ultimately, do you like their politics? Right, exactly. Which is another reason why I like stopped. Yeah, I also yeah. don't like I, I will confidently identify as bitter because I am. That's but fair. I, I'm also still very grateful too. like I I still wouldn't have met the people I had met and like expanded the community so much more without having this opportunity and like the space to alone to fabricate and like facilitate these things has been really powerful and important. But I think like, I, I see my colleagues who like want to be educators and I'm so excited and ready for the shift to happen because I don't think in art schools, we have educators anymore. Yeah, I think yeah. people who get like really turned on by the fact that they get six figures and like show at like MoMA. Yeah. 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 Which that's cool. That's really cool. I don't think you need to be an educator, though. Like, yeah, you're yeah. really bad at it. And I think, like, that. that's also, that hurts. That, like, hurts. Like, especially in programs when they, like, bring so many people they who, like, don't operate with a lot of privilege, don't live with a lot of privilege, and then, like, take advantage of that and, like, make them become, like, part of their, like, marketability or something yeah, like, yeah, yeah well i mean that's a traditional white person like white white wasp thing you know like one of the things that that i've been like everybody like it's like the things that people say about race in this country are so catchphrasy that they don't even listen to it right like they'll say stuff like uh there's a difference between race and ethnicity and yeah there is but you know ethnicity includes multitudes right ethnicity is a cultural element and you can have like for example i'm cuban i grew up with cuban kids that were brown 
right? And just because I'm a Latino, people say the most racist shit. They assume that I'm homophobic. They assume all these things in California. And it's like, it's so bigoted in this, like, in this entitled way, right? And like, you hear people talk about Russians. And I'm like, yo, those aren't like, you know, like, this is what causes shit like the Holocaust when you start marginalizing people like race you know that's still racism ethnic like it races like bigotry towards ethnicity is part of the of the racist um thing i mean you're you're like me white passing somewhat you know so i'm uh, sure you what's that i said i'm white as fuck <laughs> well i mean i just say that i'm white but yeah. because it's easier out here but yeah, I mean, like, like I, in terms of, I don't have indigenous uh, blood, but I'm not white, like from fucking Germany. You stand me next to one of those dudes <laughs> and he starts getting ideas in the 1940s, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that applies too to like, I think that's, what's like important to like, I hate that. Like the, I, I don't even hate it. Like my bitterness is my driving force, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I I also am, like, not attempting to, like, shift the paradigm or, like, the canon or, like, change the world. But, like, I want to get the people who have, who are also actively taken advantage of in these, like, larger contexts. Like, like, the fact that I now, like, can apply to art grants to get bitches paid is, like, yeah. is, is, like, that's it you know like that's well i also and... want to give you some credit because sorry go ahead another failure that i don't want to call it a no failure is cool queer art of failure jack alberstrom whatever um uh something that like i was really disappointed in myself like doing the thesis is i like let a grant slip away from me that would have like yeah. provided so like so much more support for the people involved other than myself and like that was a big learning lesson and like learning that like something like I don't want to proceed unless like I have that stuff for people mm -hmm. like ready you know like I will not unless like it's something much more unless we can ex like the the first cabaret like that was low stakes and like I, I didn't need funding you know right I don't know how to describe it like the difference between the two because they sound very similar but I think like ultimately like I don't know. I don't know. I lost. Well, I would also say, man, I would I would give you a little bit more credit than you're giving yourself in terms of perspective. You just got out of the program, you know. Time is going to change the way you feel about things, right? Like, obviously, you're you're what you're saying is valid, and I hear it, and I and I relate to it. You know, that's why I didn't go to school. I was like, I don't want to be part of an institution. Like, all these institutions are dogmatic as fuck. And they're so anti-religion, but they're like, it's 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 like you don't see the ideology behind what you where, where you you're at, uh, and and like where it comes from, like a very colonialist, like you know, um, one of my but but I would give you credit like that. One of my favorite things to shit on is uh, is uh, hyperallergics, which is probably not a good idea because then we'll never hire me. But their TikTok or their Instagram, that the 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 lady that does that. To me, she's such an example of smug white privilege of American, right? Like it's all it's all like in support of indigenous and queer people, but it's mostly performative. And one time they came out like they they did a post about like how 
uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Graham Hancock, but he's a guy that is like, he's into alternate history and, and like they went out of their way and he, he disputes like some of the, the dating in, um, in what's it called in Egypt and all of this stuff. Right. And so this woman comes on the, I don't know her name. This woman comes on the, uh, on the TikTok and, and she's like, uh, yeah, it's racist archaeology like in it goes against archaeology and i'm like bro you're calling this guy racist and you're not acknowledging archaeology for its fucking theft and like it's pure colonialism it's like much more brutal than any fucking like ancient aliens shit that this guy might be saying whether which apparently it's not but but like it's just entertaining like speculative uh uh stuff and that shit used to be all over discovery channel like no one shits on all these like documentary you know what in in the in in miami one of my right. least favorites in the early 2000s one of my least favorite things that people would say was i saw this documentary i'm like no you fucking didn't you watched the discovery channel <laughs> and it's the same shit you know there's something about even just like the language of the discovery channel that's so funny to me like the yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> i think a lot too like it it reminds me a lot of just like 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 these when thinking about like these social projects or something or like these like spaces of gathering for like community and artists we often like don't like it's so it's so easy especially on the institutional level especially from a place of privilege to criticize anything we see and to like offer critique when like we don't even listen like I, I teach a lot of in when I am teaching I teach my students to like like look before we think we see things you know like what are we actually looking at and mm -hmm. then we can have a conversation and I think it applies in these this context of like um just like we don't we don't allow the willing participant in these projects or the people or or like the to like speak for themselves like we don't let people involved speak for themselves like we immediately mm -hmm. jump to which I think is like so violent like I remember like reading carceral aesthetics in like one of my classes and the first thing people did was like jump to critique it and it's like okay can we can we wait for a sec like I yeah think, yeah yeah like there's an awareness in this work that like this is early this I don't know I just like don't feel like we're always in a position to critique when like we're not fully you haven't heard the whole thing you yeah know, like you know and like I think there's in in like these space these community organizations in these spaces like we from the outside like jump to wanting to say things and like be critical and be like oh this is this is that this is this they should do it's like okay well like let's go inside let's like talk to the willing participant let's see who this work is helping who is this for and then maybe and then also like it's it also becomes really problematic because then it's like we we like assume ignorance of the person doing the work right like we assume mm -hmm. that they're not aware of like the pitfalls you feel agency to critique you know and that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. thing um, and they're and they're in it so they probably have much more you know they're probably having to make um moral calculations and stuff like that i the one thing i will say is going back to like you know like the the whole ngo scene you know, I grew up in the UN or at like as a UN brat, you know, I wasn't working for them when I was a baby, but, <laughs> but I got to see a lot of these like, 
uh, situations where you have uh, American people living in Africa making a hundred k minimum, and this was in the nineties, or no, sorry, eighties and nineties. Like, and and they're working alongside people that are like getting paid, you know, in comparison to their 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 place. A lot of these institutions, like, I mean. Look, we're in one of the most right-wing cities, Los Angeles, or I'm in one of the most right-wing cities. I'm sure San Diego is not. The whole brand does not match. Like the only thing they care about that like they're only pro-queer. Like that they they do not care about people. They do not care about poverty. It's all a real estate grab. People that I know that that have lived that I know that have lived here their entire lives are never going to be able to afford a house here. You can imagine getting priced out just through your life of your own town. You can't live here. Like all your friends, all of that shit gone, you know, unless you rent for the rest of your life. It's it's a crazy, crazy. Um, like, I I don't think people realize that they are right wing when they say that they're liberals. They are, uh, like they they are saying that they do not care about working class people. That's what it. That's what liberalism is. It's it's tolerance. It's getting people up into the uh, it's getting diversity among the upper class not helping the lower class right i think people identify as liberal to like make their lives easier yeah i don't fuck that i don't do that shit <laughs> absolve them of their sins and make them like not do work not they don't that, even like, know what they are they don't even know what they believe go ahead sorry no i was just like i think about like it's you know like it really isn't my responsibility to like like, I shouldn't be the one who is, like, this, like, 27-year-old artist trying to find money for my community, right? Like, we should just be, like, handing that shit out, right? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. a boom-boom institution. But, like, we have individual responsibility and, like, just, like, being this thing, like, doesn't, like, make you, like, pre- like, you still have to show up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Casting a vote for Biden, like, doesn't stop, like, trans people from being shot in the head every day. Like, sorry to be the one to tell you that. I don't know where it you've didn't, been. It, it didn't get kids out of cages. Period. Like, it doesn't do any of this. It, any, oh, God. I'm no, sorry. we don't have to go down that road. We could go. But I like your bitterness, and I respect it. <laughs> I'm a very bitter. I don't want people to think I'm not bitter. I need to show that sometimes because I'm a cynical fuck, you know? Well, I heard recently that somebody like from the program and I'm in is like was like avoid the bitter people, and I was like, "How are you not a how I, that didn't compute?" And maybe because I'm so bitter, but I'm like, I think you're misunderstanding that my like placed bitterness is still like informed by like really sincere intentionality and like wanting to foster a practice that like takes seriously everything I do. And like if whether it's whether it's like bitterness or blissful ignorance fueling this thing that I think does like have positive cause and effect in terms of like whatever small bubble I'm in in the global context, then like why are you why are you trying to sabotage that by telling people to avoid the bitterness? You yeah. know? Makes You're sense. gonna be avoiding all the poor people. That's what it that's literally what they're saying. That- <laughs> <laughs> like where my thought process is it's like you're you're going out of your way to like sabotage something that like yeah, you, yeah. you feel so emboldened to like like you're just misunderstanding how it, and like what that informs 
Well, they're just as guilty of white supremacy and and American exceptionalism as 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 any Republican. They just dress it nice, you know. They 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 like. I mean, I I I I don't like the term Latinx being applied to my mother. <laughs> you know, like you you I'm, do you identify as Latinx? No, that's like that's. But like, you're non-binary, so I fucking high five. <laughs> like, but like, didn't like white people make that up? exactly it's academic bullshit anyway i i have enough i have a whole other episode coming out and i've been nervous about it you've given me a lot of relief i'm just gonna blame you when people come after me (laughs) not how it would be pronounced like it's just a white word and let let and okay one of the things that i didn't get to say in the conversation that's coming out about this is that like is that look man it is so it is it is the same problematic shit that that li- white liberals do all the time they all, they always want to homogenize something and 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 erase it before common era is one of the most egregious crimes on historical accuracy because if you take away the context then it's just a subversive thing that exists in the world and we don't even think about why we count from there it needs right. to be in the forefront uh, and then the other thing that is is insane. What, what was it? Um, anyway, the 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 thing with the Latinx thing is is basically like you're erasing the fact that my mother had a much harder time finding work than your mother. And Latino as a as a broad term encompasses Latinx, encompasses Latinas. You know, it's a Latino couple. And why is that? There, there's a reasoning behind that. It, it developed like that for a reason. It's not because we're we're machistas. It's because we came. There's like people in Latin America aren't calling themselves Latinx. They don't or they aren't calling. They don't even call themselves Latino because they don't have. It's an American identity of people who have. You know, and people argue, oh, but it's a colonialist language. Yes, but that's what we have in common. You know, and like. And and it is a truth. You can't whitewash the truth to make yourself feel better. You know, I haven't watched that show Brighton, but I think that shit's kind of dangerous. Where there's like, you know, I mean, it's cool, but like, that's right. not the that it it that's not the world that black people are ever gonna live in. I think in my lifetime, where like where where they have that level of acceptance. So it's just this weird like that's it's just this liberal like thing that they they just need to the world to be how they believe now and if you if you if if latin americans res- resist to this then fuck it you're you're racist you know or you're homophobic or you're transphobic it's like that thing about like my fellow white folk who like they need to be like in relation to something or like a part of something i don't know how to properly say this in order to like like see it as like human or something yeah like, yeah yeah like we need to identify we need to like understand in order to like give a shit about it you know and like that's where I feel like that comes from a lot of the time and I think it's also like I'm not in the position to like like say like I will respect the way people identify and I have so many friends who identify as Latinx but I have an issue when like people are like it's always it's always people who look like me telling people that they are latinx or like yeah, saying yeah, yeah. without like asking if like the brown person in the space who like is queer like i like uses that vernacular or something and then it's like that assumption feels also like really like oppressive or something like you yeah you, 
out by asking my pronouns and like but then on the it, like the inverse like people just like like I have so many friends I don't know like you can't just like go up to like brown people calling them Latinx like no no, no. I would like, never just assume what your pronoun is fucking idea what that is yeah yeah and it's like so my family doesn't know what that is like yeah, that's yeah. that's not a that's not real to them and like and 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 all of this like you know we got an election coming up i'm gonna be cringing so hard when everybody's like vote for the most vulnerable people you know and i know part of them are talking about brown people from like mexico or from guatemala or from el salvador and i'm like bro these people don't even necessarily agree with you on abortion and you're using them to promote yourself as a compassionate white savior it's fucking disgusting existence of the impression that like white american socialism is a universally understood like thing in in especially in the global south and it's like i don't think you understand like what socialism means to somebody who's not from america i don't think you know what communism means to somebody who's not from america i don't think you know well i'm cuban i i mean it's 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 a brutal fucking thing like that's why i'm like if you when people are like i am socialist i'm like Mm, okay like yeah, okay. Yeah. i don't know what to do with that that's when someone from el salvador nicaragua tells me they're socialist then i fucking listen because they've been fucking they have been in civil wars over that shit you know their military had de- death squads in el salvador that just fucking most people down so anyway let, let, going back to like less upsetting topics because i we, we can talk about this but i don't know i i don't also want to alienate every single liberal in the art world because that is my audience <laughs> i want to maybe convince them but uh are you familiar with Kay natel uh, uh other places art fair founder uh have you, have you like- been to other places art fair I haven't. I I feel like it started. Can to I like- can I encourage you to apply for for next year? Because when when the because you got a project that fits that you could do like a cabaret there. I'm gonna be. I, I'm I'm I applied. I don't know if I'm in. I don't want to be a presumptuous K. Uh, <laughs> but but I think I think that you might find a, a happy home there because I I definitely love it there. Literally just looking at it this morning, actually. So it's really weird that you bring it up because I didn't actually know who who founded it. Yeah, and then realized she was on the podcast. Oh yeah, she's she's amazing, man. We we recorded it at the at the location, so you have uh, an insight on uh, yeah. on the place. I'm a huge fan. I mean, like, I, there's no podcast without that, without and and without Made in LA. Like those two things, I can never never turn my back on those two projects because there's that I did that that's those are my baby incubator those are the things too that i'm like really interested like i i feel grateful to be in san diego right now because i think there's a lot of really great people doing like these like independently led initiatives like there's here in journal which is a great journal um and it's just like some of the most beautiful writing of like art that i've ever read there's lizzie who has like her own own gallery out here two rooms that's just in the front of her studio there's joe yorty Mm-hmm. who has a space that he just started and there's like all these like really great things and then there's stuff in LA too like I want like those are the kind of people I want to converse with because like these projects like I've had to put so much on the back burner because like certain things have shifted really rapidly yeah, yeah, yeah. like the big main project that I was originally like writing grants for that like had to that's like on the back burner it was like attempting to create like a multi-use artist residency in my like father's my childhood home's like backyard um 
and I just like look at all these people who are doing it. I'm like, okay, how do I how do I reorient myself to do it here? Like now that I don't have this like house, this like access to the space, that yeah, I could, yeah. what what are the other ways to do that? And that comes a lot from like the also thinking of abundance and like how how do I apply the things that like make this happen? How do I talk to these people who are doing it? Right? Like like during COVID, like people were creating really beautiful digital galleries you know and like there's, mm-hmm. there's ways to do it and I think like I look at people like I look at projects like I look at stuff like this I look at like other places art fair and I'm like okay like what what was the abundance that that was created out of that like got it going and you know like we all have different access to different resources but at the end of the day like these are like artist-led initiatives and like that is like what I I don't know I guess I don't really know yeah like it's like how I guess that's why I asked the question like how were you thinking of this because I think yeah allowing myself to like know how people think about these things helps me understand like how I think about the abundance that I have or something have you have you had a chance to listen to Kay's episode no I haven't okay you you just noticed it today you were saying right uh I highly I think that uh she's going to be very helpful like that the the what she talks about in that episode is going to be very helpful she has uh, turned it into a 501 jeans, which is what I say, but it's a 501c. Um, and uh, and what's it called? Yeah, it, it's, it, you, you know, like you do one of these things. This is what has happened to me. You know, I feel like I answered your question more directly earlier, but to, to add on to that, you start something like this and you don't know what it is. You just start, you know? Right. And, and, you know, I mean, like so many episodes in, I... I would, I'm like nervous to go back and listen to it, but it stays up because it's the, it's the whole journey, right? Like now you see that I was, I, you know, I had a co-host in the beginning, then I, then I started interviewing people. So the concept was completely different. It was just a way of me hanging out with my friend. And then I was like, eh, it's a way to make friends like regularly on a weekly basis. Right. But yeah, now it's a business. And, and I think similarly for, for Kay, uh, she's doing all these crazy things uh, that she just did. That it, it, it's the same idea of wanting to fund and give funds, which is not something that I can instruct you on or that I really have experience with because there's no money coming in really. <laughs> like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> and uh, we do have a Patreon if everybody wants to join. But go ahead. But that's useful though. Like I feel like, like I, I, the recent thought I've been having too is like, why do I keep thinking about money? And like, the reality is, is like, my body can't do certain things anymore. Yeah, and fine. But it's also like, like I, I, I guess also thinking back to the original cabaret, like I didn't realize how valuable it was until I listened to the people participating. When like it wasn't happening, people were like, I miss it, or I'm looking forward to it. Like the fact that people were looking forward to this thing that was like so silly and it was like me just hanging clamp lights climbing on like huge ladders putting like curtains mm-hmm. on green like uh like just like stupid shit but like when when you like reorient to just like realizing like I could I, I could only imagine how maybe I can't speak on their behalf but how cool it'd be to hear somebody talking about other places art fair with like such just like admiration as the person who founded it you know like 
Oh, I mean, they, I'm basically just telling her how important she is to me. <laughs> so it that like that's like like yeah, that's yeah. you know. No, but but I, honestly, that that um, what I would what I would say is keep going and it will evolve. It to me, it reminds me a little of um, of the Dadaists, which were kind of absurdists, which I think is pretty fitting for this time. They used to do the happenings. There was one dude who had a machine that was a drawing machine, and the whole point of the machine is that it just destroyed itself as it went. You know, there are all these quirky like things that were happening when like it's uh it's that. Like, I feel like we have a similar feeling of helplessness in terms of like ability to activate change. Right. I mean, I try, I have, I try to have conversations that might get me kicked off of YouTube, but, um, you know, I try to skirt the line. I try to still fit within those parameters, which is funny. Like it's a funny balancing act, but, um, at any point, like right now it's weird to even be trying to do a YouTube show because all these huge creators are getting this this thing called the invalid um the invalid uh traffic bug so apparently all these channels that are like super kosher just like super popular have have no political anything they're ha ha losing like 90% of their traffic because the algorithm has come up with a new way to protect against people fake watching their videos people paying for views and so now it's over over like reacting the system and it's just like people are leaving youtube in droves so i'm right. starting youtube and i'm like shit i might not even fucking get there before like the whole thing is it, it could be you never know with these things it, it's such a powerful tool youtube that it, it could be an intentional implosion like you 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 don't you know it's been slowly happening you don't necessarily want people to talk about this like because people want to be able to use the term white supremacy in inappropriate contexts and use it as a weapon against like internal terrorism, which is the new thing we're fighting. Right. Like, you know, um, so it, it's a very strange thing like uh, to, to, to be, but, but you know what, the show's going to keep going. I'm not going to stop because I might, because YouTube might not be here, you know, right. the next thing will come and it'll, it'll still be a podcast no matter what. Right. right. So, well, that's the thing too. It's like, thinking back about like this bitterness like it's keep being me going yeah like, yeah, yeah. spite is spite makes many careers really and also like that like reframe it like i'm doing this in spite of all of this i'm like yeah. we're all doing this in spite of like what is hat like it's reactionary like we're i would also just say to spite <laughs> not in spite <laughs> we're, 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 we're fucking artists we're reactionary we're yeah making work in a context like yeah yeah anybody who creates is making work in a context whether or not it whatever it is whatever it is whether you're like very you know like you have like a you're making like band show flyers or something you know yeah. like that that is like that's so beautiful to me <laughs> you know like that's yeah no and and look man when i started this shit it didn't start off like i was doing anything revolutionary you know right. But now it's becoming it's becoming a little bit more important in certain ways, right? Like you you like because someone's gotta talk about this shit, right? Like in in a in a in a way, or 
or it's it's a way of not succumbing to the uh, academic. Like you don't have to go to college to be a fucking smart person. That's the misnomer, right? Education hey. on the left, on the quote unquote left, on the liberal right wing, is like it, it is so prohibitive now, right? And AI is coming, and all these people that are do you know getting degrees, like what's gonna happen, man? Like it's. It, we're on that tipping point. It's a very strange place, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not to stress you out. No. <laughs> like, I hate... This is just, like, another, like, random thing. But it's, like, we, like... I don't know. It's, like... I didn't know way... you were such a radical, man. I like it. Just the way we talk about school, too. I'm, like... It's great it's great that we help people get into school, but we put them into debt. And like, that's it. I don't know. Like, like I have a very hard time encouraging people to go to school. Just like, why, like, why are we confused about the fact that like, like, like it's good to get certain people into school. And I, I think school could be really beautiful if you want to go, but like, is it, is it worth like, at this point, I'm convinced it's to keep poor people poor. Like, I don't think you go to grad, you don't go to school, you don't go to grad school, you don't get a PhD, and then you don't, and you don't become rich. Yeah, yeah. And like, make no, no, like no. the goal or anything, right? Like, that's not like the point I'm trying to make. But it's like, can we talk about the fact that there's like, other means to the ends? You know, like, like, why are we like, who, who are you encouraging to go to school? First of all, and like, why did you benefit from school? Right? Like, yeah, I, I'm very careful when students ask me for letters of rec. Like, I, I, I will not send a student. I will not write a letter of rec for a student to go to CalArts because I have so many friends who have come out of there. Everybody hates it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel comfortable putting you like advocating for your debt, essentially. Like, yeah. unless you can come to me with like, unless we like, that sounds like I'm like not going to do, but if the student can sincerely sit down and meet with me and like talk about like why this is like the, the absolute move for them, you know, like I've written letters of rec, but I, I, I just like, don't want to send my students to like a bad school because they're already, they're going to be, if they're not coming from a place of like mommy, daddy paying for their UC SD, you know, funding, like uh whatever you call it. Yeah. Funding, whatever then like I'm not I I feel hesitant to like advocate for you to go to another place that like might yeah. take even more advantage of you in terms of how much debt you're gonna have and you know like like I went to a Cal State like I yeah no if if I I I, I was like a bad student I was like violently addicted to pills I was drinking all the time like I and I got a lot out of that because yeah. it wasn't it didn't put me in violent debt and I'm using and arguably it like learned so much more like i don't know it's like weird it's weird to me like we we why when did like, you graduate when did you graduate do you know um 20 2020 2020 yeah i went straight into grad school do you know uh what's what uh, what call it's uh josh vasquez and uh and uh elmer guevara they went there but it it might have been at a different time i'm not sure it's all good no, I'm just curious, but the, I bring them up because like, you know, um, like it, it, those, the, those are like rational decisions, the the decisions that they've made, you know, like, uh, 
uh, I haven't put out Elmer's episode yet, but he went to to uh, Lo- uh, Cal State Long Beach, or no, right. or or yeah, that's a UC. UC? no, Mm-mm. no, no, no. What UC? Okay, anyway, whatever. I don't. I obviously don't know what what the fuck I'm talking about with schools. They're just like if you start getting into the SAICCC, like of the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, all those acronyms I hate. But um, the 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 yeah, like if you do that, I can advocate for that. If you go to like he went to uh, uh to to Cal State Long Beach, and I think he went to someone. I forget what the name is called. It starts with an H, but it was a, it was a public school, you know, like if, if you're doing that, that makes sense. But like when I, when they told me that it was $160,000 for one year and they gave me an, a thousand dollars scholarship, first of all, I was like, well, you guys don't want me. <laughs> and, and secondly, I was like, uh, yeah, like I'm never going to be able to make art because I'm going to spend my whole life trying to pay this off, you know? And, uh, and it, and to me is insane. Like that's literally $320,000 for two years. I think it's important to go where the funding goes. Like, I feel really lucky that I went to like a UC cause it's wholly yeah. fun, but I'm also like actively like, like I, I am running out of money very, very fast. Like my big yeah, yeah. rent to pay of bills to pay. And I'm like, no matter where you go, even if there's funding, like you're going to, you're putting yourself into a financial deficit unless you come from unless you have money ready, you know, like I still had to make work and then I'm unemployed in the summer and then I had to figure that out. Like it's, it's, and I was, we, we were lucky enough to receive rental assistance during the pandemic. So that like really helped allow me to like save some money for like the harder months, but like Mm -hmm. we shouldn't, we should normalize, not always encouraging people to be poor, to have access to things like this and then to have access Mm -hmm. to mentors, which I think goes back to like I'm I'm really honored to be a part of a lineage of people who are older than me like you like Victor like Kay like all these people are doing these things and again like have found a way to like offer something some sort of support that is not not putting me in a deficit emotionally physically financially to and like I'm I'm being allowed to be a part of some sort of context right now yeah and like that is the lineage, especially because I'm like, I'm influenced by work like this, you know, like, mm. these are the things that I like, l- look at, like all the time, like, this is the work that I look at. And like, I'm interested in like making it like a sculpture or something. But like, it's like, like, how do we? And I also like, don't want to seem like I'm like, discouraging people to go to grad school or something or to not go to school, because I, I think the spaces are useful, right? Like, they could be extremely useful. I just don't think that like, y- like, CSUN, Cal State, Northridge did so much more for me. Like, the yeah, fact yeah. that Adobe, the entire Adobe suite was fucking free at Cal State, Northridge, but not at UCSD for my students is bullshit the fact that syllabuses i'm handed make my students have to purchase these things if they want to work from home is bullshit that's bullshit that's bullshit we are a military institution that's bullshit that's bullshit i will never make one of my students purchase something never and the fact that that's in these syllabuses blows my mind the way we're making especially artists like these kids want to be artists and the first thing we're telling them when they get to grad school is they need to pay for shit when they get to undergrad they need to pay for shit they're 18 they're babies they don't know i didn't know 
like why are we like like yeah you need supply like i just like there's also like sorry you're a six-figure salary like faculty member i know for a fact as a fucking ta that there's academic grants you could apply to to get free materials for your students but you are lazy and you don't do it yeah you do it yeah i don't know where this anger no no that's fine that's fine i would i would say i i i think that my rule of thumb is this man if you don't want to teach you could probably you you can get around having an mfa and all you but you have to but you can't not do something in in that and expect it to happen if you're not going to if you're not going to school for that i would say it's hard for me to say that you don't need a bfa that one's really hard like ultimately uh because like you said i learned a lot in the in that program despite it being horrible you know you get to think about art and work on art and stuff like that and i'm a million miles away like i just i re- i think back i just wasn't a good artist back then i just didn't figure i mean i had a i i had figured out things that i was interested in but it wasn't like you know i just quite wasn't there yet like and and so i would say that and um but I would also remind you that like, you know, on the on the other side, which you're saying you're, you don't want to discourage people like you have a really good degree, right? Like that is going to definitely open up doors despite the suffering and all of that. And you're not in a lot of debt. So I would say if you either way, like if you're going to if you really are dying to teach, meet some fucking adjuncts first, because it's I used to be a soccer coach and I would go from field to field. And, and and then on Saturdays I would te- I would go coach games and my life was exhausting and it was the exact same life as professors, as adjuncts. They're All teaching at five different colleges, at least in California. Yep. You know, maybe it's a little bit different in other markets. But like, and then the idea of getting a tenured position in fucking California, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't I don't know anybody that expects that. All of my friends who are adjuncting are actively making less money than we when we were when we were TAing. Yeah. It's wild. And it's Oh, I used to make as much money as them as a coach. Like right. it was stupid. It was that that's one of the reasons that I did. I'm like, what? I'm gonna go to school for two years to make a lateral move. <laughs> you know, like and then have to do more work. That's why I feel really grateful to have had this ex- this recent experience too. And like the degree I have like opens up so many doors for me to not fall into the pitfalls that I see like that I've identified in the spaces that I like again like being in this lineage all of this work I'm like I like now have more opportunity to do it and I have more opportunity to like reach out I mean like I'm hoping at some point like I'm going to be in a position where like these bigger projects that I want to do like can give access to artists and students in a way that doesn't fuck them over like yeah one of the end goals big projects that i'm like making mock-ups for right now so i can start applying to grants is like a, a mobile multi-use performance space that's like in a trailer mm-hmm. like i want to make a theater mm-hmm. in a trailer and i just want to see where it can go and how people could use it and i think it would be a great opportunity to like yeah. like it's, it's there's just like so much more than what these places like make it make it seem like or something and then to be fair, I don't know how to write grants and it seems like you do. So that may be something that you learned <laughs> from your education. I don't want to I, I don't want to disparage everything. Go ahead. 
myself that. Oh, I, you taught yourself that? There's no professional development in grad school. If you're thinking, of, if you're listening to this, thinking about going to UCSD, unless you you reach out and ask them what professional development courses they're going to have in the curriculum over the next three years, and they say nothing, like you don't learn any of this shit. I, I learned this from friends. I learned how to write a grant because my friends would send me their grants. Mm. It's it's wild out there. Every Ooh. every class was a critique class, and at a certain point, there's nothing to critique. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm that's not, crazy. It's I taught myself this, and I don't yeah. even know it right. And you know what? I don't, you don't even know if you're doing it right. <laughs> teach myself how to make a syllabus. I had to teach myself how to make letters of rec, like these yeah. covers for these positions. All of it. All of it. My friends taught me. I taught myself. I send. I just recently sent my entire teaching portfolio to a friend because he just finished UCI and they don't fucking have that either. Like, sorry to be the one to tell you this, unless you already got some sort of institutional clout or you go to UCLA, like Southern California, California grad schools. Like, I don't see them doing anything for most people. Yeah. I think just, that's that's pretty accurate. I, from what I see from UCLA and everybody else that goes to school, like the UCLA people are just, they're just on a different plane. Like it really is. Artist run initiatives, I think are so in, in fucking important. Like this yeah. that you are doing, I find Thanks. so much in because it is like, it is separate, it's tactile and it's sincere. And like, like you have just put me in another context, you know, like I am now. You make me cry, bro. I'm not ready for compliments. I'm a little vulnerable lately. But but I'm like, I, I find these things so valuable. Like these are the things that I look for. Like you, you have officially put me, I mean, just by having my friends on already, like you've put me in a context with every other person that's like been on the show. And like, that's valuable. Like I can now see those people and they can now see me and then. I can see who they're next to and they can see who I'm next to. And we could start to like fix this thing, yeah. you know, a really micro level. Like I really believe that because I feel like, I feel like uh, most of our mentors or like the people before us not doing this work, like aren't interested in that. I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it. Cause I also don't want to like invalidate like really beautiful art practices that I do look to also, but like, like I, I think of like other places art fair just because it was an example and I'm like why it's what clicks it would it's what clicks for your for your for your art practice you know artists stop doing shit like that like when did we stop like when did when did the living room gallery die 2020 like, when did when did the garage gallery die and like why the fuck do we not talk about how valuable that was like I and it's confusing to me. Like I showed up grad school, fucking like second day of teaching. I went down the list of all of my friends, artist run spaces. Victor did the newsstand project, a newsstand outside of like region projects. Like it, mm -hmm. and Garen, I don't know if you know Garen. He like had a bedroom gallery, you know? I yeah. like, I was on in my mom's garage. Like what, what happened? What happened? It's like, well, I mean, no, that's th that is actually a very fair question, and it it I uh, I talk when you when you check out uh, Kay's episode, I talk with her. Uh, uh, she basically straight up says that she felt like there weren't as many spaces as there were before COVID. Like COVID destroyed a lot of things, you know. Like the lockdowns just made it impossible to do crazy things. You couldn't have people at your house, but they're coming back, man. They really are. I mean, I, it, okay. in the like, I'm like, where like. That to me is critical discourse. Yeah, I don't yeah. think 
oftentimes critical discourse happens in a museum or in yeah. a gallery unless you were shifting the way that space is used and that's not to say the work that's in there isn't doing that i'm talking literally about the space as somebody who yeah. makes spaces mm -hmm. and is like invested in spaces like this kind of a space you know like that like when you also look at the history of these spaces they started in living rooms like i think of like yeah, yeah. and i'm like wait wait wait, wait. Well, you know in lou gallery started as one uh night gallery started as as a as 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 yeah all these spaces like um talking... i think i think one of the things that also does happen is that like you can't to some degree you can't just keep doing it for free for the rest of your life so you either you either become a night gallery or you become or or you just stop you know like it's it's a very difficult thing to do but i i would also say that like Yes, it's cool, but we did start talking about how not every artist run collective. I would say, Part I would two. say, I, I would say, be careful, be careful with collectives. You know, I, uh, I, I think life is a lot easier when you have entire ownership of a project, right. because when you're doing things by committee, you will get pushed out. You will get, you will end up in situations where there's too many white people and they don't hear the things. Like, I mean, I, I, I asked for more people that spoke Spanish at my collective and it was a huge problem. And the, and the collective is Los Angeles. Was that? Yeah. And I made the point that we're in Los Angeles and I'm the only one, I'm the only one that spoke Spanish within Los Angeles of the collective. And, and <sighs> like, and 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 they call they they like they just they couldn't understand and the space has a Spanish name. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. But but you know which space it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like I I was gonna say like I think the only because I remember that that's how we started this conversation and I had a lot of thoughts like immediately because I think I have similar opinions about collective. I also think that like people who benefit from calling themselves collectives are also other, are, they're like white people, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think any other person who identifies, they're like a group of people who work adjacent to each other, when they identify as a collective, that's like seen as violent. That's like seen as like, you know, like uh, like ag aggravated or something. And yeah. like the people who benefit from being a collective are people who operate with privilege. They're people who look like me, you know? And well, I think... they're, they're also, honestly, they're people that have no, like, it's almost a dead end. I spent a year just kind of circling a drain and thinking that I was making progress. And I was just in one space, in one building over and over and over again. And ever since, like, I'm free now. I mean, right. I cannot tell you. I actually, like, I almost felt like a responsibility to document the space that I was in and the people. I There's millions and millions of, if you want to know who I'm talking about, all you have to do is listen to an uh, an episode from like a co like almost a year ago, right? Or like anywhere before like what March of this year, and and like honestly, ever since I I had like a backlog of episodes of all those people that I had interviewed, and the second those episodes ran out, listenership went up yep. because I wasn't serving a small community; I was serving the art community. At right. now, you know, like. Like now and and dude, I mean, I I just outgrew it. I I definitely outgrew it, and and it was and the, and that is like, it's a hard thing to realize. It's scary to realize that you're bigger than the thing that you used to look up to. <laughs> well, it's like, 
what's that batman quote that's like you like live long enough to see yourself become the villain or something like you yeah, die yeah. or like live you know and it it feels i just watched batman like two weeks ago that so shit was so good i watched it again dude it, but the I, best three hour movie <laughs> and i think like setting sometimes it feels like these collectives like are attempting to put themselves within like an art historical context that doesn't work anymore and yeah. they don't actually understand what goes into sustaining something and and not to say that i'm like omniscient in any of this again i'm like young learning this right now actively but yeah. i'm learning from those fucking mistakes because it's not intentional co-working like the what helped me through this project is like sitting down and really understanding what our roles were and again also that comes down to and like that helps break up the hierarchy like i had we had undergrads acting in a play and I think it was really important to like really allow them agency to act or something, you know, and like not take advantage of them. Like if they didn't, like it would, we, we would sit down after rehearsal and be like, okay, what helps you feel comfortable doing this and allow them to do those things. Like one of our actors was like, I appreciate when we do like a Rocky horror route when we're heckled. So like mm. during the actual performance, if you could incite heckling, like that's going to help me feel the agency to exist in this space as one of your actors. And like wow. that sort of like intentional co-working and collaboration, like I haven't seen that in, in spaces like the one you're referencing that like wants to be a part of, they like, so they so desperately want to be a part of a like capital A art zeitgeist, which I like don't think is productive or fucking healthy. Like, I'm a fan of like an empty white cube. Like I love to go to galleries. I love to go to art shows. But like when you're intentionally creating a space, like when you're like clawing at wanting to be, you're you're literally just like, you're like fantasizing about being like the oppressor or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely felt that way. I was doing a lot of physical labor for people and, uh, and yeah. Uh, and then there were people that were, I was doing physical labor installing and drilling into concrete walls which is not fucking easy if you've ever done it you have to like put your back into it uh and and for people that were paying less than me and were making bigger decisions i didn't have a say and i was paying less than other people how does that happen you know and like and people were talking bad about me and all i was trying to do was promote the space like i was literally promoting the space almost every single week and one of the hardest things after I, I I I left. I uh, was was just because like was was just having to continue to stay committed to putting out the episodes of people that I knew were I was not cool with, you know, and and still promoting them, knowing that they were that they were like they were talking shit about me and all of that. And it's like, hey, that's not what this podcast is about, like you know. But um, but I I I I'd say, man, there's there's it's. What I would say is that it is exactly the same hierarchies that exist in the art world. You nailed it right on the head. They're trying to be, uh, uh, it's. They, I don't think they see it as trying to be oppressors. They're trying to be assertive, which is essentially what I'm trying to do. You know, I asserted my own relevance, essentially. You know, and I encourage people to do that. It's not an easy thing to do. It's scary as fuck, and you start off and you don't know anybody, but then you get into a place where you're like, oh shit, I don't need. I don't need these people that are not treating me right. You know, I can, I can walk away from this. And, and I mean, I didn't walk away. I got kicked out for complaining, but right. 
<laughs> but but you no 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 I it's dude you know what it, that it's just happens but but the point is is that like I don't want to hurt the feelings I still have friends in the Bendix I still have people that I care a lot uh, about and are very kind to me and are very nice but the ultimate reality is that there's a couple commercial spaces there but most of those spaces are vanity galleries right, right. if you pay rent for a space and you show your own work. Like that, I'm not that I'm not judging you for that, but that I don't think is going to help you become get into the next level of the you, you know like if you put I'm in I'm in a I'm in a show in my in a space that I'm a member of and I pay rent and then you put that as like on your on your CV and you hit up Night Gallery I don't think they're going to take you seriously you know so so it's it it it, it becomes this thing where like. There's no money, there's no ambition, there's only clout. Right. And then you start getting people, when you start speaking publicly about things, you start getting people calling you up and being like, oh, hey, man, you know, what's up? What's up? And I'm like, you don't have anything to do with this. Why are you calling me? And it becomes a little problematic in the in the way, and when you call that shit out, you can't call white people out on doing racist shit because they fucking get so scared, you know? But that shit was not cool forbid like yeah. a white ignorant yeah yeah it's but fair. and then and then you talk to them they just don't hear it sorry go ahead i'm just saying like learn like they don't want to you know solve themselves from their sins by like having like an artist run space or something i'm i i, I think one of the things that has been most freeing in this environment is just acknowledging like you like i acknowledge it publicly like yo sometimes i have racist thoughts and i don't want them there but they've come from like programming and like to be able to acknowledge that shit i think is the main difference between somebody that's like incomplete denial you're never going to fix it if you don't acknowledge it you know you're never right. going to be able be able to do shit like you have to you weren't born with that but somewhere you learned it you know things fail too like these spaces fail because you're not willing to acknowledge what's wrong like you can do things wrong just because you were you you're like I can be wrong in this thing that I'm working through. And like, that's so important. Like that's, yeah. that's also critical thinking. Like 101, you learn that as a child, like yeah. you learn from falling. Right. And like, damn, why do we forget that? Like, why are we so scared of doing that? It's wild. And it's like, they wouldn't even talk to me, dude. They just kicked me straight out. There was no conversation. And I was told also that like, that's just, that's, that's explicitly racist. Yeah. 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 Like, and 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 they were t they were telling me like, yo, but you're from Florida, and I was like, yo, you know my parents are refugees, bro. Like, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I don't want to get too much into this. I just feel like comfortable talking to you about it because you knew me in that time. And 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 Echo Park, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Anyway, uh, like we should probably wrap up. Uh, you did make me really emotional earlier when you told me that, like when you were giving me compliments. I'm glad we stopped because I couldn't handle much more of that. But I want to thank you for that because I feel really seen and I don't always, you know, so I appreciate that. That was very kind of you. Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about on the way out that maybe we didn't get to in relation to the main topic? I would just like to say that it's an honor to see and I feel really passionate care about the things that I think we spoke about and I'm honored and happy that I have the privilege to even be able to think about how we create spaces together how we facilitate and how we 
are able to show up for each other and like it's good it's good to be allowed this space to say things and i think that if this doesn't exist then like like a lot of other stuff doesn't so i think it's important you know and i think we need to keep doing things like this thank you man uh yeah i, I when i interviewed uh k i was like very emphatic about wanting to do uh opath again and by the end of the episode there was no clear opath coming. right <laughs> like she she ba basically left me hanging and then when she posted recently that like you can uh like the early application i was like first <laughs> also important too i guess like another final remark yeah. is i i love not like separating things like i i think of like all the like to like talk again about like it, an art historical context like every social practice every everything like this that has become something more or that might still be like this like i i like to see them as like similar working in tandem with each other and informing each other and i think that that's really important too and like not separating like it's yeah it's like the problem with like theory right or like school like separating like feelings from thought and I, I I don't agree with that. And I think it's important here to also, like when I think of this project and I think of the projects we talked about, I see them aligned with like the sort of best artist run initiatives we can think about that are like actually good. Thank I you. like, they, they <laughs> exist. That's overwhelming, but thank you. <laughs> it's, I think that's powerful. And I think that no. that's something that maybe I've had to tell myself when doing a project, like I am, I'm a part of this conversation. I'm a part of this lineage and like, like we all are. And I think that that's like really important. And like, that sounds really philosophical and like, Ooh, I'm like 27, we're all friends, part of the community, but I'm like- No, I mean, it is. Fucking say it though. Otherwise, like we're not going to burn things down. Yeah. I mean, you're going to look, the 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 thing that you learn as you get older is that you're always in this space is a very small space. As big as the world is, I've met people that know each other that I've interviewed from other places, you know, like, like I've, I've interviewed Chelsea flowers from, uh, from what's it called from Detroit. And like, she knows two of my homies over here, you right. know? And so like, it, it, it is a very small world. The other thing that you're going to have to slowly get used to is the fact that your friends in this network are going to have friends that you don't like. Right. And, and that, that is just a reality and and it is and and you can't you 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 have to uh understand that not everybody's taking on your fights but I, but uh but yeah i mean like i just don't want to leave on a on a completely saccharine note like the reality is the reality is is that everybody's trying to hustle and they're like as much as people want to pretend that art is a great happy community there's only so many slots and people are competing you know uh, yeah. like even even to get into like the the uh, art collective spaces that we were talking about earlier, there's people that are that really want that, you know, that really want that on their resume because they don't know that like it's a starting point. So even those places, as much as I have my problems with it and we've talked about them, like they're necessary, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, some of them are only platforming a specific kind of artist. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like over the last few years, the discourse and the the quality of shows in that space 
has just dropped. I've watched it happen, you know? Uh, so, so it's, it's one of those things that like, even things go sour, you know, like, because it was a great place at one point. So anyway, just, just, uh, to end on a, on a bitter note, since we've been bitter the whole time. Yeah. See, hey man, I just want you to know I'm bitter too. I'm definitely bitter. <laughs> if the ball keeps falling on bitterness. I'm yeah. In. Don't, don't let them take that away from you. Uh, <laughs> that means you're paying attention and you're not asleep. Uh, cool. Anything that we can promote for you? What do you got going on? Uh, do, your Instagram, do you have a website? Uh, no website currently, but you can find me at uncut thems on Instagram. Nothing, no creative projects to promote as of right now. Um, looking for employment. So if you have any leads, send them up. over to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know too many people in San Diego, but we can, we, we can always, uh, throw that out there for the, for the audience to hear and, uh, and hire this man <laughs> or this person. Sorry. I'm fucked up. <laughs> if anybody wants to talk about projects together, like that's, I would love to dream with someone and dream cool. about and then I definitely, I definitely encourage you to apply, come up with a project and apply because I don't know when the 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 regular applications come in, but that's sometime next year. So check it out. Uh cool. And then we'll be back next week with another guest and another topic that may or may not be art related. Safe. All right. Let me stop the recording. I'm gonna try to not hang up on you like I'd usually do. <laughs> you do.